Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. I have the privilege today of sitting in with Tom Latterell, who is one of our premier custom fly tires here in Western Montana. So I've known Tom for a while. Um, see, each of, see him at the boat ramps, see him at the shop. Sometimes I see him at the hot tub at the YMCA. But yes, I never, yes <laughs> never we, do. we do see each other at the hot tub at the YMCA. That is very true. I love it. And that's, that's the perfect introduction. Yeah, indeed. Right. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to get a chance to sit here, Tom, and watch you uh, tie some... Some bugs for Baja. Oh, it's on there. It's on there. I'm looking for that. That's what I'm looking for. The thread. Yeah, I'm looking for my mono thread. Well, we <laughs> we got it on there. Did you glue it? I did glue it. I think. All right. I did a little bit, little dab of super glue, over precaution. Probably not necessary whatsoever. Um, but I do it anyways. No, I like that move. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one from you. You've already taught me something, and we just started. So. I'm well, looking forward to, to seeing how you uh, create this fly. This fly uh, is is called the, too heavy. the Kinky Muddler, right? Yes, Johnny King's Kinky Muddler. We're tying my bastardization 
of Johnny's fly, mainly because I couldn't figure out how to, how uh, Mr. King gets that SF to get such a good head. Yeah, so you've, <laughs> you've kind of tweaked it. Uh... So I've tweaked it and used, uh, started using materials that are a little more friendly for me, which is uh, EP or SF or Doug Brewer's Congo hair. Um, all are suitable. Well, I'm glad I wasn't the only one that was having that problem with that stuff, man. Cause no, I struggled. I, I reverted to EP fibers. Mm -hmm. and my heads looked way cleaner. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's not as coarse. Um, so it's a little bit easier to manage. I also, you know, I, and I don't know how much of it is to, you know, to my knowledge, Johnny is not a commercial tire. Um, and I think when you watch some of those videos, not that I don't put a lot in the trash can because I do, but I think he really, I think he trims a lot off, right? Like he's tying, you saw, you know, I'll, I'll take those Hanks and I'll cut them down. So they're kind of pre tapered. He just pulls off a clump, ties it on, wax it off, ties on another clump, wax it off. Which is so what, which is what I do too, but yeah. you have to pay attention to the economy of it. I try to. Yeah. I try to, and then throughout tying all these things, I realized, well, if I cut, take a hank and cut a clump, a pile of in thirds, well, there's my first station, and then I cut a pile of quarters, there's my second station, and then I've got some taper going on right off the get-go when I go to trim, instead of trimming, you know, a huge amount off. Um, so I guess it's part economy and part... Um, process mm -hmm. you know like trying to well it's also still economy i guess right economize your process economize yeah i, I don't mean, think the materials as big a deal economy of materials is as big a deal as except for the feathers except for the chicken yeah well the chicken's a hard the chicken's a hard find it's expensive don't want to waste any of this stuff though i always feel like i'm a really inefficient tire with materials and i leave a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor yep so there's my thirds you know if i were down here on this beautiful day doing this like i normally do yeah you don't even have a window crack down here man this is full dungeon full dungeon on the nicest day of full the year dungeon. i know i should have a window cr windows cracked upstairs it's the wrong place for it isn't it so you've got your tail of bucktail. You've got my tail of bucktail. A little bit of white bucktail rolled around the hook shank to reduce fouling. Correct. Correct. Got a new pack of, speaking of materials, I got a new pack of flash fiber. So do you watch, like you obviously watched Johnny King's YouTube video to learn kind of the basics of this fly? Yes. Um, that was your introduction to it or did you go? I knew it from stripers on the East Coast. This fly. The, the kinky muddler. The kinky muddler. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yep. No, I knew about gotcha. the kinky. And then uh, Mr. Wilcox asked about kinkies for his stuff down in Baja. And uh, asked if I could tie, asked if I knew it. And I said, yeah, I know that fly. I don't tie it very well. And now three, now, four, you do. now three, four years removed, I think I tie it pretty well. And it's kind of morphed into my own, own uh, variation of it. Yeah, it's funny. When I, I asked... Wilcox, John Wilcox, a yep. local outfitter who um, hosts trips down to Baja and kind of serves as a as a booking agent. Um, and um, I don't—he's on location though for a couple months out of the year, right? 
Yeah. With yeah, he's usually there. down there for the month of May and then month of October. Maybe so, in the early November, depending on what he's got going on in Magdalena on the other side. On the other side, mm-hmm. right. Magdalena Bay, which is the hot spot for, for billfish. and Yeah, sight casting, nonetheless. Yeah, that looks Being really Being able cool, to man. sight cast. Um, and I don't have any of those to show you, but um, I can show you the hooks, Justin. It's those, look at these. Look at these things. You don't want to end up with one of these in your hand. No, you don't, man. You don't. No. An 8 uh, blue water hook. Yep. I tied it. I still have some billfish flies somewhere. I I tied a bunch. I went to Guatemala many mm. years ago with my dad, and um, I've, I've actually been down there twice. But the second time I went, I tied, and, uh, and my, my flies all held together, man. I was stoked. They all held. They ate them. It's um, it, awesome. Yeah. Those fish down there, they – those – those sailfish down out of Guatemala, um, a lot of the billfish folks I've come to discover refer to those as the cutthroat of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Do they like perfect, lazy perfect water for too? My, perfect for my fly selection. Right, that's but awesome. It was cool. Um, but yeah, so Lauren booked a trip with John and she's heading down there here any day. Um, so when I asked him about flies, he recommended this specific fly. He's like, Kinky Butler's a good one. Sent me so, several photos. I, I looked at him and I was like, oh boy. So yeah, I, I found that. Well, I think he sent me the link to that Johnny King video. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started tying it and it was immediately kind of one of those flies where I'm like, you know what? I think I want to sit down and watch somebody do this. Yeah. Um, it's, done it, it's done it a bit. So thanks for letting me come join you in your dungeon today in your february room and, <laughs> and seeing uh seeing your process here because already i can tell that uh you've uh you've found a way to overcome some of the issues of the that i was some of the hurdles yeah that i was having yeah. with materials and all starts with good saddle hackle which i don't currently have in my yep selection either and as soon as you get out of the strong stuff do you have any old dry necks or dry no no no, i don't i've even pulled out some of those color variations i was showing you are off of uh some saddles that i bought when i was a kid that or my mom my mom probably bought them for me i was like oh there's a nice done that'll go and they're not dry fly they're not you know dry fly saddle from 30 years ago is not right yeah (laughs) it's it's tailing hackle now you know for yeah yeah so but it is what you're looking for for you know, color variations on some of these things. Um, no, I don't. All my old fly tying stuff has just been chewed up by my kids, which is. Yeah. And that's it's awesome. great, man. Yeah. They go down there and tie flies. The two of them will go in there so sometimes cool. and just spend a couple hours and I don't even want to go look at it. Yep. You know, and to, to see the devastation. Well, and it's cool because <laughs> my, you know, you say that my uh, oldest hasn't had a ton of interest in it um, until just recently. That's and, cool. Um, so that's actually something that I was really hoping to do with her this summer is get her time. Cause I think she's, you know, loves art and she's detail, detail oriented. And I think she'd really do well. So there's another trick too. When that's, you know, we got one end that's tapered when it comes out of that Hank, I just 50, 50 it and spin it around. Oh yeah. You know, hmm. and then you get, now I've got a pretty even bunch. Yep. So it's kind of a combination. I, I do the tails 
uh, pretty much like King, uh, tented, kind of obliquely off the top of the shank. So mm -hmm. there it forms a little triangle. I do the first station or two of this stuff, or the first station uh, V-tied like he does, which is you lay the little clump of material crossways um, across the top of the shank, bottom of the shank, and then tie it back at about a 45 off the shank probably. Rotary um, vice really helps for this fly. Totally. Absolutely does. Um, I'm tying on an old Dynaking right now that, you know, it's it's offset, so you yep. can't flip the fly. <laughs> it makes this fly a pain oh, in the ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I, is a pain. That's a very... It's hard. You know, and I mean, I just got that old HMH just straight perpendicular to the floor or uh, parallel to the floor. Yeah, um, which is what you want. And I even tie my trout flies like that. I never got into that true rotary stuff with the wrapping and all that. I like being able to have my hands, you know, mm -hmm. can set them on there. Um, you've got good access to everything. Um, so a little throwback on that. Yeah. You got an old Regal sitting over there too? Yeah, I got the old Regal over there. Nice. No Norvice? No Norvice. Man, I had a Norvice. Somebody gave me one years ago and I, it just sat idle and I, I gave it away. Yep. And I kind of wish I wouldn't have. Yeah. Well, and, and that, uh, that would be, that would be your vice for these things right now. That'd be a good vice. Exactly, you know? man. Exactly. Once yeah, I started no. tying this, I was like, ah, oh, man, I need to, I need to upgrade my vice. I've got enough life out of it. Yeah. Every time I think about Baja, it recalls this one fish that I'll never forget. I went down there a number of years ago and chased rooster fish off the beach. Um, Fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, caught some smaller ones and then, you know, caught some nice jacks. And those ladyfish down there are a freaking hoot, man. We were catching mm -hmm. those ladyfish down there and they were a really fun fish. Um, but I finally did get a shot at a big grande and man, it followed the fly all the way up to, to this cut. I was off this this beach with a pretty steep drop off and about 40 feet out or so there was like this noticeable color change it was a bright sunny day and uh there was a little bit of gloom out there in the algae and the fish you know followed it through the algae was just right on it comb out of the air i was just waiting for it to eat it and man it, it hit that color change its mouth was open right behind the fly and it shut its mouth and turned and vanished and you know, gone. swam out of my life forever. And I'll never, never forget that fish. Is there a... Those are the best ones. Yeah. Those are the best ones. I think well, I have, I think I maybe have just as good of memories of missing fish or coming unpinned early um, than some of the other, you know, than, the, than some of the stuff I've caught. Land. The victories. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I have a very similar experience. It was out of the boat, and we'd fished all week, and then the, the Grandes finally showed up. This was, was last October? This was last with, October. Down with Wilcox and yep. Bahia de las Sueños? Yes, it was. Okay. And uh, we were just south of Sueños towards Bariles, and uh, there was we finally saw them. There was two or three of these big ones that came in. They're mixed in with smaller ones, and I made a good shot. It was on it, on it, on it, looking at it, and then I decided to just come tight. I wanted to make sure I, I wanted to make sure I was tight to the fly, 
when uh, it ate. And as soon as I moved it maybe two inches, and as soon as it saw the movement of the fish, or the bait, the, the fly, it just turned off and peeled right off. And I did it twice, and then finally the second time, the guide was yelling at me that it was dead, dead, dead. They were eating the dead fish down below the, uh, the small fish who were knocking down all the bait fish. The big grandes were The big grandes down. were being smart. They were nice and lazy down low. That's so interesting to, to watch those specific feeding behaviors that occur. Yep. Um, you know, in the, in the salt, I think we kind of, at least until I started saltwater fishing, I didn't, uh, I didn't anticipate that kind of selectivity that we see like with trout, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. And I mean, we even have a, we even have a, uh, a variation of this that we fish dead. Um, the dropper nymph. The dropper nymph. The dropper nymph. You can't escape the dropper nymph. Well, I need some of those. I, I've got nothing dead in in my fly my small fly selection so far that I've yeah put together and I've, I've already made a lot of mistakes gone wasted some hooks I started off tying on real cheap hooks when I started playing around with these flies so yep. I'm like yeah there's gonna be some trial and error for me I know the drill I do the same thing yeah because um, it's hard to go take a dollar fifty hook and put it in the vise and then tie something you don't want to. You don't want on there yeah you got a um, uh, hell of a glue selection too i was marveling at this so the glues i love the glues i love experimenting with the glues the hardware store glues freaking glue connoisseur <laughs> connoisseur glue <laughs> yep like you said a lot of glue a lot of glue sniffing going on down in the in yeah. the dungeon um and some of that main most of that has come out of the quest for uh durability with these things um just hadn't had really good luck with durability and the fancy UV cure resins. Mm. So, and I think that's one of the, one of the things that, uh, Johnny King will mention multiple times is he, and I think he was probably responsible, um, for getting me to think alternatively about glues. So we got that, we got that tied, the two stations, then we'll go to trim it. Yeah, you whip that out fast, man. Yeah, see, they do get that, and that's part of the reason why it dropped down to two. And like I said, those other ones, there's three, four of these things, and then you got too much, too much material. Yeah. And um, and I mean, I don't know about you with with trout flies, but I like sparse trout flies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's I don't think developed over time. Like I, I, I look yep. back at the flies that I tied early on, and they're all so. So yep. clunky and heavy and overdressed and yeah. Well, and there's so did you life. see that one there? Right, we had there's that little bump where that transition was, and then that's one snip, and then I have my line through there. So part of that, you know, efficiency or economy of the material um, that we were talking about earlier is directly related to this process too, the trimming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I like to think of it as it gives me two points and then you just connect the points. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the furniture shop, 20 something years and, you know, connecting lines, doing all sorts of crazy stuff with wood. Um, did you build you get furniture? A, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I built furniture for a number of years. Here? Uh, here and back East. I was part of the New Hampshire Furniture Masters. Oh, wow. Um, oh, okay. when we were living in Vermont, so you're a craftsman that explains. 
Yeah, it explains, explains a lot. It. it explains a lot of this, right? It does. <laughs> yeah. I see. I am not a craftsman, and yeah. it's hard to be yeah. a fly tire when you're not a craftsman. Yeah. And then um, the process too, right? Like, um, I like the process um, and figuring out process. So there's a perfect example of why we go to the beauty store and we get the thinning shears. Mm-hmm. Is take that little chunk out there, and then we've got a nice belly transition. Yeah, there's definitely a big difference between a craftsman and a fly t- and a fly fisherman who ties flies. Yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, you know, I've I've met folks like you who are craftsmen. Yep. And uh, their fly tying always makes me jealous. So I'm like, <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah. But I don't really have I I don't have um, that kind of a brain. Yeah. Yeah, it's for, interesting for stuff, isn't it? Right, like. And, you know, just being meticulous about things and then, and then being consistent. The consistency yep. is what I always struggle with. Yep. And I think consistency is good because you want them, it goes two ways. Um, I think especially with this, with the bigger format stuff, which is, um, you know, I never would have thought that I'd be tying salt waterflies right now. Um, and I would say that salt and freshwater streamers or maybe just just predatory flies um compromises the bulk of my tying and uh it's cool because the the format the large format is craftsmanlike in the sense that you're building something that's large hopefully you feed multiple fish with or at least i want to feed multiple fish with because i don't want to have to tie it off i i only want to you know clip a leader and take a take an abrasion off and then retie the same fly i don't want to have to go to you right. know, another 10, 12, $15 fly. I right. want to, you know, I want to get the most out of one and fish it until it's not fishing anymore. Or the hook needs to be sharpened or something like that. So the large format tying is almost like a blend of, you know, furniture and such, but on a smaller, on a smaller scale. Cause there's a lot of stuff like you, you enter into how stuff swims. Mm-hmm um how it acts mm-hmm. all that stuff and that's fun that's part of that process that i think is super fun so the first the first weird glue we got is the uh gorilla clear grip contact adhesive which is just going to be a lot faster and more user friendly than like five minute epoxy which is what i've always used for eyes for all these years and it's just uh it's more time consuming and and it works well with the fiber you know it it this glue yeah it works yeah. Re- really well with fiber heads like i was telling you earlier anything anything that i put a stick on eye on um i use this stuff even if i don't glue over the top like we do with the um with the kinky we put another glue on there to reinforce after after we get the after we get the eyes on and you grew up in vermont right tom i did i did i grew up in manchester vermont and you were pretty close to the Orvis store, and as a kid, you'd go down there and tie flies. I would, I would walk. I would That's walk really cool. down. I would walk down, and a couple of the tires that were in there showed me a bunch of stuff when I was, I don't know, nine, ten years old. And then it got to the point where I could just, I'd just walk down, and I'd walk in, and I'd, they'd wave and say hi, and I'd go pick materials that I wanted and I'd sit there and I'd tie fly for tie flies for a few hours and tourists and people coming into the store would you know wonder why there's a 10 year old kid tying flies that's cool um 
which is kind of cool. It was fun. A lot of good streams. Well, I grew up on the bat and kill. So, there's that. Eyes on with the weird glue. Mm-hmm. E6000 also works. I think that's the original. Oh, one. that's the one Johnny King mentions, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's the same. And the reason I ended up with this is it's the same stuff, but, you know. Get it right down the street. Ace was, Ace was out of the E6000 the last time I went down, and this is the same stuff. Cool. Good to so, know. So, yeah, then that goes up on the the uh, nail board, dries. doesn't need too long to dry. And then uh, when I get a batch of these things with the eyes on, and I'll do them step, um, you know, I'll tie probably usually, it's usually a pack of hooks, so eight I think these are running, so eight or ten, and then trim them when they come out of the vise, and then I set them aside, and then I'll put all the eyes on, because once you get the glue out, it's easier to do 10 or however many you got. So eye them all, and set them aside, and then come back and put a, a skim coat of diluted liquid fusion over the over the EP, or Congo hair, or sculpting flash fiber, whatever you used for the front of the fly. And that'll help with fouling, and pull that back to about the bend of the hook usually it'll hold the head shape and I also think it gives some structure to the front so that the chicken really kicks mm. um, and when you swim these that's the that's the one thing that's super cool especially when you watch a sardina swim the tails just always fluttering mm-hmm. um, and that's what these do when you when you move them that's and the you- and the chicken and the chicken moves around when it's not moving too it really mm. does. So, and what's cool is you know, with between you and Wilcox, you guys kind of have your finger on the pulse of what's going on down in Baja too, right? So, like, if he gets back and he's like, "Hey, Tom, the sardinas are this big this year, and we this is what we need," so you can you can create a specific fly selection to one of the groups or clients that's going down there. Totally, really dial them in like in yep. real time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, usually I'll give him a I'll give him a little care package before he heads down. He'll get down there, fish for a little while, see what clients are doing with fish and flies, and then um, as people go down, there's usually one or two groups at least per, um, you know, I guess session or whatever you want to call it per, you know, either May or October. There's usually one or two Missoula people going down and. Uh, I'll get a, a WhatsApp from them or something that says bigger, smaller, more green, more tan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, and then the tan, right? You you were we were talking earlier about why tan works down there, and I wondered. You know, I tied these things for a couple years, and always wondered why tan would work with a fish that, when you Google image search it, comes up. Blue. Blue. Yeah. (laughs) Sardinas are blue. They're blue. Yeah. And then a little bit of black and whatever else in there. Well, when, and they're still blue, even in the, in the, when you pull them out of the live well, they're still blue. 
because the, the captains down there will throw them it's, and uh, you, you know, you go get your bait in the morning and then they'll, they'll go to a place where there's, they know there's fish or they think there's fish and then throw a handful of these things out there to try to entice and then also bring them in. So it's, you know, casting distance and get the boat set up and all that stuff. And, uh, they're still blue. I remember getting on the first, the, the boat, the first day in October there. And that was the first thing I checked was like, what do these things look like? How do they feel when you pick up one, you know, cause that large format stuff is your, it is a bait. And, uh, you know, these things have volume, they have length, girth, they're, they, you know, tactile thing when you pick up a, a sardine in your hand. And I said, yeah, they're, they're blue. All right. And then the first handful went into the water. And as soon as they hit the water, the backs on all of them turned tan. Hmm. That's crazy. So I said, well, that's why tan works, I guess. It's pretty yeah, wild. That's, that's bizarre, man. Yeah. I wondered the same thing after I tied like half a dozen blue sardinas. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I talked to, um, Josh Lauer yeah. who went down there and he showed me one of his flies and I was like, wait, that's tan. Then I stopped into the Bend Fly Shop last time when I was in Bend, and the guy down there has been down with Wilcox a couple times, mm-hmm. and he sold me one of those. What what is the Montana Fly Company production fly called? You've got one here. Uh, yeah, it's the Oshana. It's, it's got uh, a weird name. Sh- sh- uh, does not Nyaka. Um, yeah, something like that. Nyaka bait fish or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah, and, James's and that's pattern. A tan and white fly. So tan and white, yeah. olive and white. I'm like, huh? What? Why are? Why is everything tan? It's, that's interesting to hear you say that. So that. And it is good to have variety. Um, you know, I have I have colors through the spectrum. I do have some blue ones. Got some olives. That that is the one exception. It does seem like olive, and then sometimes brown, um, like a medium kind of brown which has been really hard to find the medium brown chicken. That's been the hardest part. Um, Mainly what we have is that like chocolate. You can find that chocolate stuff pretty easily, but it's generally too dark. It's kind of between that tan we were talking about. Um, And then I also go, you know, almost all of them start out with a white, with two white saddle hackles. And then from there, uh, a lot of times I'll lay, a lot of times I'll leave. This is an olive one you got sitting right here. Yeah. There's an olive one. Exactly. And a lot of times I'll go, um, two, you know, two whites and then, uh, you know, olive grizzly bleached grizzly, uh, ginger's another good one, uh, or tan just to get some color variation in there. And then sometimes they'll stay all white. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you, I guess the moral of the story is bring a variety, bring a variety, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's kind of cool to roll down there with a bunch of flies and then fish through and you always see what you have at the end left over. Um, and October was, I got some blues left over. I got olives left over. I didn't have many tans. I didn't have many mullet. And to go back to that, the mullet is that, that mullet, uh, mm-hmm. I think they call it mullet in the sculpting flash. Yeah. Mullet Brown yep. is definitely one of the better colors, but there's, you know, was there three, four colors in there? Yeah. You know, there's some gray and a little bit of flash in there. Um, 
And I think the, the one advantage of that is the, the sculpting flash is you get that. It's basically the EP fiber with flash mixed in angel right. hair or something, which is nice because yeah. they don't, I don't think you'll ever see a lot of people fishing a lot of super flashy stuff down there. Hmm. Um, minimal flash. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. It's just EP fiber with, with flash. And you have a, you have a business, right? A custom fly tying business. So you've got, not only do you tie for, for John and, and the Missoulian angler, yep. but you've got uh, a list of angling clientele that buy flies specifically from you for. Yeah. Bespoke bugs. Um, bespoke. I love bespoke it. Bespoke bugs. That's yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. That kind of harkened out of the, out of the custom furniture world as well. You know, you, the, especially the British talk about bespoke furniture. Um, so I just thought that was kind of cool because it's, we're translating the same thing into anglers, you know, and especially when you, when you're spending thousands of dollars on a trip, at least in my mind, I'd want to go, you know, this is where I, this is where we can separate, right? Yeah. Like everybody can go buy commercial flies on the internet at your local fly shop. And that's all fantastic. And I think, you know, to go back to the variety, you should have a handful of custom stuff. And then you should also have some stuff that, you know, the masses have right but uh that's where that's where we can separate ourselves yeah you've it's got a, different... a custom dialed in fly selection created for a specific fishery yep. um that's that's dynamic too like you said like you'll get a text you'll get a whatsapp message from somebody that's down there on location and say hey we need this color this tweak this a little bit and then that's really fine fine tuning Yep. a fly selection for a specific locale, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's fun too. Cause then you kind of, at least tying these like vicariously, I've been to Seychelles this year. Vicariously. I it, yeah. I call it. Uh, yes. Vicariously. Vicariously. That's the yes. term I use. I do, uh, I do much more vicarious uh, fishing than I do actual fishing yes. in exotic locations. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. So you've been to the Seychelles. I've been to the Seychelles. I've been to Cuba. I've been to Argentina. I've been to Bolivia, um, Bahamas, Christmas Island. Um, that's cool that you else? mentioned that because yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like somewhat vested in this trip that I'm not on. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, like yeah. Cause you're chomping trying. at the bit. Like I can't wait to get word what worked. Yes. What didn't. Yeah. 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 And it's fun. Cause it's, it's, fun. it's like, you know, super tactile. Like there's, you know, a response. And, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I like to go back to the, the fish story and usually the ones that stick with me are the ones that don't come to fruition um, cause there's usually something grand that happens, you know, whether it's a great chase, like you were talking about, or, you know, making sure that you're tight when it eats and then it's gone, um, because you moved it an inch. And like in that setting, it's only 45 feet ones. away. Yeah. And I saw, I, I could see the fly slide two inches and that's all it did. Wow. And it was gone, you know, or, uh, you know, those trout that just blow stuff up or, you know, how pikey to fly or any of that stuff. Um, it's just, I love feeding fish, you know, I don't necessarily need to touch them. Right. Like I just totally. like, no, as long as, you know, they... something that I made on a beautiful May day in the dungeon, <laughs> um, you know, a, 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 an animal, a critter that only needs to reproduce and stay alive and eat, ate something that I made, you know? Yeah. 
And it's like, to me, that means we, I fully fooled them. Like hundred yep. percent fooled them. Yep. That's um, cool. Like you thought that was part of the, you know, your regular fare. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, what's cool too, is like the, you know, the, the connection here, this thing that you created in this basement on a beautiful May day, then travels to, you know, say, um, a steelhead river in British Columbia and your fly happens to intercept a fish that, uh, you know, traveled throughout the seas yep. and just happened to be coming up the river at that specific moment, that specific intersection. Yep. To me, that's always a really, um, a really cool, uh, cool notion. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, or nerds though. Nerds. Total nerds. Big time nerds. Here we are Total. down here nerding out and, yeah. and huffing glues. Lots of good, great selection of glues to yeah. huff down here. I'll be back. Yeah. Oh, there's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you didn't even smell the uh, extreme glue yet. Oh, God. You know. No, that's not that I bad, actually. That might have to be for another visit. The extreme glue could be, yeah, yeah. Oh, unless yeah, we tie that reverse tie one. Glue. Um, yeah, le- less failure with the, with the, um, with the alternative adhesives that's what we should call them alternative adhesives alternative adhesives there you go uh, <laughs> I love it or at least that's what it seems like um, it. well it's always a real pleasure to sit down with a talented fly tire um, uh, a meticulous fly tire a creative fly tire and uh, and learn um, learn how, learn your process so I really appreciate you letting me come uh, crash your your glue party here today absolutely tom anytime (laughs) you're always welcome (laughs) all right i don't live that far away yeah um i could take the bike trail yes (laughs) get home safely (laughs) yeah get home safely right get a dui driving home after all this glue um how so bespoke bugs is there let's say you know listeners might want to reach out to you and get a selection of flies going for for their destination so yep yep phone number as of right now, you got to text me or call me. Um, still rocking the 802 number, so it's 802-681-3720. Uh, turns out I'm a better craftsman than I am business person. Uh, and this is, I have a full sample size of this because this has been <laughs> for 20-something years uh, across multiple disciplines. Um, I will get a web presence. I'll do the Instagram thing. Um, I got to and then it's easier for everybody to get in touch. I guess that's the way of the world. The way yeah, the world. I guess, unfortunately, for, for better or worse, man, that's the way of the world. It's kind yep. of the conclusion that a lot of us holdouts have come to. Yeah. Well, and it's when you like making the stuff, you know, it's like, for me, that's the, the promotion is not the, is not the part um, that I cling to. It's the, it's the making, it's the problem solving. Thanks again for letting me sit in. and. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's I'll been be, a blast. I'll be back. Okay. Thanks, boss. Yeah, for sure. Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns. And if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free. But if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.